Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. I'm Pastor Tuck, and welcome to the Word at my church. If this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be, and I want to encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we have a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. So go ahead and get your Bible, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. So go ahead and grab your Bibles in your hand and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. By hearing its word and applying it by faith, it'll change my life. So I declare right now, from this day forward, that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again. And neither shall the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare, I'm going to share this word with someone so that their life may be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Precious God, Lord, we thank you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the moments of preaching. And Father, I trust you and believe you, Lord, for the great things, Lord, that are about to take place in the spirit. Father, I ask you, Lord, to move me aside. Take my place. Speak for me and speak through me. Father, we trust you, Lord. Father God, for insight, foresight, and revelation. Father, I ask you now, Father God, Lord, that you would do, Lord, whatever you desire to do today. Use me, Lord, however you so desire. I'm just a vessel of your choosing. Father God, Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you would impact lives, Father God, all around this world. Father God, through this ministry, Lord, say what you want to say. Father God, Lord, touch us and prepare us and equip us, Father God, that we may be used, Father God, Lord, to change, Lord, the fabric of this very world. Father God, in which we live. Father God, because you called us, Lord, to be the change agents in the earth. And we declare, Lord, that no place, Father God, that the sole of our feet shall tread upon shall ever be the same again. Father God, Lord, now, Lord, that you have given us, Father God, revelation. Father God, your word declares, Lord, anytime we can be receive insight, Father God, Lord, that we can receive, Father God, understanding, Lord, that we can hear receive and understand. Father God, we can be converted into that which we can see, hear, and understand. And so we thank you, Lord. Father God, we thank you today, Lord, that you have opened up the eyes of our understanding, Lord, that you have poured out into our hearts. Father God, Lord, that our eyes are receptive, our ears are alert. And Father God, Lord, that what you pour out today, Father God, is going to transform us. It's going to take us to that next level. Father God, that our lives, Father God, shall be worthy of your using, Father God, Lord, that we shall see the fruit, Father God, in every area of our life, in our families, Father God, in our homes, in our communities, Father God, on our jobs, Father God, every place that we go, Father God, it's going to take us to that next level, Father God, that place, Lord, where we're able to do and to see the harvest, Father God, because we know we're in those last days, Father God, Lord, where we're preparing for your return. And so we ask you now, Lord, that you would continue, Lord, to prepare us to be made better and to help, Lord, those who we come in contact with. And we trust you and believe you, Lord, for it all. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, praise God. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you today. And we're so excited for you to be here today. And if you've been with us, then you know that this is the year God wants to restore the church to a place of greater impact and influence. I, I told you one thing that is essential in order to the restorative or restoration process is that we must have some concept of the original condition or state of that which is being restored. So as believers, we must understand how we were first created, how we were originally designed to operate. And the Bible says God created us in his image and in his likeness. So when man first existed, he existed as a spirit, which meant not only did we look like him, but we operated like him. And everything we knew, we got directly from him. Then it says, God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Then he became a spirit that lived in a body and possessed a soul. But after the fall of man, the spirit man died, so they no longer had direct connection to God. Then they were led by the soul, and it became the source of all of their information. And because of it was not subject to God, it was easily corrupted. Well, every person after that was born into a state of carnality, a life subject to the flesh. But once we accepted Christ, our spirit was reborn. The problem is our soul was not. And that's why it must be restored. Well, since the soul consists of our mind, will, and emotions, if we're going to be have the kind of influence and impact that God desires us to have, we must be restored to the place where our every thought, our every desire, and emotion is subject to the Spirit of God. Now, that statement alone is very counterculture. Because in the times in which we live, we're constantly hearing, we're constantly being taught that we should think for ourselves and that we should be able to do whatever we want and that we have a right to feel however we want to feel. And that's true for a non-believer. But if you have accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that's not the case. Uh, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, the Bible says you are not your own. You were bought with a price. And that was that price was the blood of Jesus. He gave up his life for you. As a matter of fact, Paul puts it this way. Christ's love compels us. For he died so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them. So your thoughts, your wants, and your feelings are no longer your own. And the truth is, they never were. What are you talking about, Pastor? See, before you gave your life to Christ, even before you were redeemed, before Jesus became your Lord, you had a different master. See, because we were born in sin, we were in bondage to the enemy. 
You just didn't realize it. And the truth is, many of you still are. Oh, I know you don't want to hear that this morning. And as the young folks say, that may have made you feel some type of way. But before you get in your feelings and disconnect, I want to show you this morning how when your soul is not restored, particularly your emotions, the enemy will use it as a tool to manipulate you, to either put or keep you in bondage. So this morning, I want to talk to you about being in your feelings. Is that all right? See, because if you're like me, you know, I, I, I've got a 20-year-old and a 23-year-old. And, you know, in that generation that they are, you know, that's one of those, those, those phrases that, that you hear all the time in their generation. You know, somebody feels some type of way or, you know, they're in their feelings. Well, when you're in your feelings, you're actually in the hands of the enemy. See, as believers, we're called to live a life of obedience and submission to God. This means that we should be led by the Holy Spirit and not our emotions. As a matter of fact, open your Bibles with me to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. And let's get some revelation about this particular subject because if you look at the world we're in with all of this social media culture, everybody is hypersensitive. Everybody is so in tune with their feelings that they don't realize that their feelings have now taken them captive. Oh, pastor, you better tread lightly. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm just going to tell you what God gave me this morning. Proverbs chapter 14, and when you get to look at verse 12, I'm reading this from the New King James Version of the text, and it says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, the way, it, its end is the way of death. This verse emphasizes the danger of relying on your own feelings and instincts when making decisions. Because even though it's natural for us as humans to experience emotions, the truth is that feelings are unreliable and can easily lead us astray. See, if we allow them to dictate how we live our lives, we can end up in trouble. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? See, emotions can be fickle. They come and they go quickly without warning or explanation. We may feel one thing today only to find ourselves feeling something completely different tomorrow without any real reason as to why. When it comes down to it, emotions cannot provide us with reliable guidance in life because they're constantly changing like the wind. 
So no matter what you may be feeling, unless it has been confirmed by the Holy Spirit, it cannot be trusted. Uh, can I prove it to you? Turn over to Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. And when you get there, look at verse 9. Jeremiah chapter 17, beginning at verse 9. Jeremiah 17, beginning in verse 9, it says, The heart is deceptive above all things, and desperately wicked, who can know it? The Amplified Version reads a little differently. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things. It is exceedingly perverse and corrupt and severely, mortally, <clears throat> excuse me, sick. Who can know it, perceive it, understand, be acquainted with his own heart and mind? Now, I, I told you that word heart refers to the very soul of the man his mind, his will, and his emotions, his desires, his thoughts, his feelings. And, his, and in Mark's gospel, Jesus himself says, for from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, Deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. In other words, it's those unrestored thoughts, desires, and emotions that produce all of the unrighteous behavior that we as humans have. So we can never trust what we feel because our feelings will often deceive us and cause us to make poor decisions and do bad things. And that's why we got to be careful about getting in our feelings. See, because when we dwell in our emotions, it can cause all kinds of issues. Go over to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And when you get to look at verse 23. Proverbs 24. And look at verse 23. I'm reading this from the New Living Translation. Here it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. See, this verse reminds us that our hearts need to remain submitted unto God. 
See, because your emotions influence your decisions. And that's why it's important that they remain submitted unto God because your emotions will cloud your judgment otherwise and lead us away from what is truly best for us and the people around us. Even if it feels good. Watch this. Many of us have become comfortable in our misery. We feel justified in our anger. We think we have a right to be offended. See, because we have become attached to and enamored with the things that we feel, even if they're bad feelings. See, because we live in a society that validates our feelings. Oh, y'all remember the phrase, uh, the old school pity party. See, because if you're feeling pitiful, all you need somebody to do is validate that pity you're feeling and you'll hold on to it. Even though pitiful is not a pleasant emotion, because somebody validates it, you'll stay there. See, but the problem is being led by our feelings alone can have serious consequences, which may not immediately be evident. See, instead of being led by our emotions, we must seek wisdom from the Lord through prayer and study of his word. So we're able to discern between right and wrong because our emotions will cause us to make decisions based on what feels good at the moment rather than what will honor God. For example, when we feel angry or hurt, it might be tempting to lash out at someone else. However, it goes against Jesus's teaching of loving others above ourselves, even though they may deserve it. And we may want to give them a piece of our mind. See, but we must remember that the person that we may be angry with is not even the actual culprit because the Bible tells us that we have an adversary, the devil. See, we're, our, 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 our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And we must remember that the Hebrew writer reminds us that a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. See, we should always strive to submit to the Holy Spirit rather than allowing ourselves to become consumed by our emotions because the enemy will use them to distract and derail us from doing what is right. As a matter of fact, go over to James chapter one. James chapter one. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody today. See, because I've seen so many people their entire destiny has been derailed or their, their, their deliverance is being delayed because they are in their feelings. See, uh, I, I, if you remember the story of, the, uh, of the, the lepers at the gate and they're sitting outside the gate and they're talking about sitting there and dying, one of the guys is like, hey, if we're going to die anyway, we might as well go on in the city. 
See, because if we're going to sit here and die, we might as well get up and try to do something to live. See, you can sit in your pity party. You can sit in that place of depression and that sit in that place of hope and desperation. Or you can decide, I'm not going to stay in my feelings. See, because when they, they say, we can take a chance and go into the city and they kill us. But if we sit here, we sure enough going to die. See, we allow our feelings to keep us bound and keep us hostage. And the enemy just wants to distract us with our feelings and keep us from doing what's right. See, it'll keep us in that place of anger, that place of fear, that place of depression. The, all of those feelings, he just wants to keep us from doing what God tells us to do. Y'all in James 1, look at verse 19. Here, here he says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly expect accept the word planted in you, which can save you. See, you got to deal with your emotions because getting in your feelings will not honor God. See, you getting upset and going off on somebody, that's not going to bring honor to God. You being depressed and doing nothing, that's not going to bring honor to God. See, you getting offended and shutting down your help or people trying to get close to you and love on you, that's not going to bring honor to God. You getting caught in fear and refusing to move forward is not going to bring honor to God. See, getting in your feelings is not going to honor God and it's not going to benefit the body of Christ. And that's why Paul reminds us we are members of one another. He says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. In other words, it's okay to get upset. It's okay to feel anger. But don't allow what you're feeling to cause you to disobey God. See, regardless of what you're feeling, you can't allow your feelings to supersede the voice of God. Don't become so consumed or get in your feelings to the point that you allow the enemy to manipulate you till you can't hear what God is saying or that you refuse to listen to his voice. See, he knows when we become too emotionally invested in a situation or decision-making process, it can cloud our judgment and prevent us from making wise choices. He wants us to make decisions without fully understanding their implications or consequences so that we do something that could potentially have long-term negative effects upon ourselves and those around us. I know people who've made decisions based on guilt 
based on shame, based on fear. And they still regretting those decisions to this day. Well, don't allow the enemy to keep you stuck in the position you're in because of what you're feeling. See, that's why when making important life decisions, it's essential that we take time to reflect on what God has called us to do instead of simply following whatever emotion comes up first in any given situation. I believe I need to say that again. See, it's important when making important life decisions. It's essential that you take time to reflect on what God has called you to do instead of simply following whatever emotions come up first in the given situation. See, we need to look at things through an eternal perspective. And when presented with difficult circumstances or choices, take time to hear from God before acting upon them solely based on your feelings alone. Because there could potentially be consequences which may have been avoided had more thought gone into the decision beforehand. For example, when you make an impulsive purchase simply because something made you feel good about yourself, then this could mean having less money available for other needs such as paying bills or saving up for buying your own home. But when you take some time away from emotionally charged situations, it allows room for clearer thinking and gives space needed for God to speak. So you might be better equipped both mentally and spiritually to handle the situations that arise. I, I told you it's okay to have emotions, but you can't allow your emotions to have you. Somebody type in the comments, we can have emotions, but emotions can't have us. Yeah. See, you can't allow them to replace sound judgment or become a substitute for hearing from God. no matter how much easier an option it may appear to be at times. Because when we rely too heavily on our emotions, we become susceptible to the manipulation of the enemy. See, another reason that the enemy wants to keep you in your feelings is because when left unchecked, they become selfishness. They produce selfishness. See, because when we are in our feelings, we tend to focus only on what makes us feel good, regardless of how it affects those around us or whether it aligns with the will of God. Watch this. Pastor Stephanie and I have noticed a theme that is being promoted in media, arts, and entertainment. And it's very subtle. So if you haven't been paying attention, you may not have seen it. But there is a demonic agenda of bitterness that is being fed especially to African-American women. 
We've seen it in several movies and television shows where women are deciding that they are no longer happy, no longer satisfied, and are literally blowing up their families with no regard for their husbands or their children. Not because their husbands are unfaithful or abusive or even unsupportive. But because they begin looking around, looking back over their life and feeling a sense of regret because they may have made a decision to choose their family over their career or looking at the road that they, they didn't choose. Maybe it was the, the guy that they didn't choose or, or, or so, something, the career path they didn't choose. The, they, they chose the more prudent path instead of the artistic path. And now they're unfulfilled. And they feel some type of way. And in each of these situations, their husbands are totally supportive of them, pursuing their dreams, pursuing their passions. But because they've been in their feelings so long, because they've had other people around them, usually single girlfriends or other bitter women that validated those feelings and it has gone unchecked, it has become selfishness and they would rather abandon their family so that they can pursue what they want unhindered by their family ties now I know somebody thinking well pastor are you sure that's not some male perspective well first of all my wife and both my daughters have noticed this and brought it to my attention as well See, I told you the world will try to validate your feelings to keep you trapped in them. But the Lord makes it clear in Hebrews chapter 12 that bitterness is not of him. Watch this. I'm going to read this to you from the uh, amplified version of the Bible. And it reads in verse 15, Hebrews 12, verse 15. He says, exercise foresight and be on the watch to look after one another to see that no one falls back from and fails to secure God's grace, his unmerited favor and spiritual blessing in order that no root of resentment, rancor, bitterness, or hatred shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment and the many become contaminated and defiled by it. The message Bible reads a little differently. He says, make sure no one gets left out of God's generosity, keeping a sharp out eye out for weeds of bitter discontent. A thistle or two gone to seed can ruin a whole garden in no time. 
Oh, I need you to hear what he just said. He says, keep a sharp out for weeds of bitter discontent. See, you cannot even allow the weeds of those negative feelings to start to grow. And that's why when people talk about I'm in my feelings, no, you better get out. Because when you allow those things to start to grow, he says, if you allow them to grow to the point that they become a, a, just a single thistle get, or two become, gets to the point where they bear seeds. He said they can ruin the entire garden. They will destroy your entire life. And that's what we are seeing. And that's why this thing is so deep. I told you it's a demonic agenda because the enemy doesn't want you to see it. He's trying to plant seeds in your heart to tell you it's okay for you to stay in your feelings, for you to get bitter because it's something that you don't like, because it's something you don't want, because, oh, I didn't, I never got to do this. And it just, and I'm just feeling, I'm feeling a certain kind of way about it. And you blaming folk that didn't have nothing to do with it. It was a choice that you made, an agreement you went along with, but because you didn't necessarily like it when you did it, you felt a kind of way about it and you held on to those feelings and you stayed in them and somebody validated them and kept validating in them and you stayed in it until the enemy just closed the door behind you and you've been in bondage to that feeling and that thing kept growing and growing and growing until that bitter seed has now ruined the entire garden and the next thing you know, you're blown up your entire life. And you've missed out on God's goodness, what God was trying to do for you. Why? Because you were listening to your feelings versus listening to the voice of God. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Oh, pastor's on to something today. I, 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 I'm telling you, you, you better find every one of your friends that needs this word to make sure they get it. Because I'm telling you, I'm on to something today. See, it's easy to get caught up in emotions when making decisions especially when they involve relationships or difficult situations. However, we allow our feelings to dictate how we act without considering what the Bible says first. Then it can often lead us into sinning against God's will for our lives. I can't tell you how many people that I've seen literally go from being married to divorced because somebody got in their feelings and wouldn't get out. We must remember that even though it may feel right to us, if it is contrary to the word of God, then it cannot truly bring about positive results, no matter how strongly we feel about it. And that's why it's important for us to trust the Holy Spirit to guide our decisions rather than being in our feelings. Because relying solely on your, your emotions can have spiritual ramifications as well. Particularly if these emotions are fear-based. Uh, what do you mean, Pastor? See, feelings of fear and anxiety tend to undermine our faith and can lead us on the path of hopelessness and depression which goes against everything scripture tells us as believers about trusting God. Even when things are uncertain. 
As a matter of fact, go over to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. When you get there, look at verse 6. Here he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, pastor, are you telling me that if I suffer from anxiety, that I'm in sin? Absolutely not. But I am telling you that it's not the will of God for your life. As a matter of fact, that word anxious literally means full of care. And the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, he says, cast all your anxiety or cares on him for he cares for you. So if you are full of care, if you're experiencing anxiety, it means you are full of care and he literally has instructed you to cast all of your anxiety or your cares on him because he cares for you. So if he cares for you, that means he does that you don't have to. And that doesn't mean he cares about you. It means you don't have to. Watch this. Let me help you see it. If you're carrying your groceries and I grab the bag and say, let me carry those for you then that means you don't have to carry them. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You'll get it in a minute. If you cut your grass and I say, hey, I'll cut your grass for you, then that means you don't have to cut grass. So if you're full of care because you're caring about everything, you're concerned about everything, you're worrying about everything, and that's why you have anxiety, and he says, no, I'll care for you then that means you don't have to have anxiety. See, God has given us the way of escape. But if we choose to be in our feelings, the enemy will manipulate us to keep us in there until it becomes bondage. And that's not what he intended. Turn over to Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41. And look at verse 10. Here he says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. See, there are certain feelings God never wanted us to entertain, much less dwell in, such as fear, anxiety, depression. See, because fear, anxiety, depression keep us from doing what God said we could do, and they rob us of our ability to trust God. See, because we can't do both. You can't be in fear and trust God. You can't be afraid and say you trust God. Those two do not 
They're, they're mutually exclusive. That's like saying I'm going north and south at the same time. You can't be worried and trust God. Those two are mutually exclusive. You can't be depressed and have hope in God at the same time. So, Pastor, you telling me if, I, if, if I'm afraid I don't have faith? No, I didn't say that. I'm saying at the same time, you cannot do both at the same time. Go over to Psalm 42. Psalm 42. Look at verse 5. Read this from the New International Version. Look at what he says. He says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Notice what he says. Why are you depressed? Why are you anxious? Put your hope in God. See, the answer to the depression, the answer to the anxiety, he said, is trusting God. He said, see why? Because you can't do those at the same time. Watch this. You can't think and speak at the same time. It's just certain things don't work together. See, in order to speak, you have to stop thinking. You don't believe it? Try to count from one to 10 in your mind and then say your name. At the moment you say your name, you have to stop counting. The same thing. You can't worry and trust God at the same time. Because at the moment you trust God, you have to stop worrying. At the moment you start worrying, you have to stop trusting God. You can't be depressed and trust God at the same time. Because at the moment you start putting your hope in God, you can't be depressed anymore. See, that's why he gave us the way of escape. He says, put your hope in God for I will praise him. You can't praise God and be depressed. He said, my Savior and my God. See, God has a solution for all these conditions. Now, I recognize that mental health is a serious issue in, in the society in which we live. And I have no problem with people seeking treatment if that's your issue. But I also believe that many of us have used this as an excuse to justify our feelings. We've become comfortable in our condition. And the enemy has put us in bondage. And we need to be restored. We need to figure out that the reason why I keep feeling this way is because I've gotten in my feelings and I've gotten comfortable. And the crazy thing is, I'm sitting in a cage, but the door is wide open. Jesus broke the door wide open. So I'm in, a, I'm, in a, I'm in a jail cell that the door doesn't even lock. I can come out anytime I want to, but I just got comfortable in here. See, watch this. This ain't for the young folk. This is for the older folks. If you ever remember that show that used to come on black and white when we were kids and it was reruns even when we were kids, Andy Griffin, you remember that old drunk Otis? He used to go and lock himself in the jail. 
because they would leave the cell open for him. He would go in whenever he got drunk. He would go in, open the jail cell and lay down and go to sleep. And that's how many of us are in our feelings. The enemy has used our feelings as a jail, as bondage for us. And we, he doesn't even have to try to keep us in there. We go in voluntarily. But we need to be restored. Paul says it this way. This body of ours had no rest. We were harassed at every turn. Conflicts on the outside, fears within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us. See, regardless of how you may be feeling, the key is to not get caught up in your feelings. But instead to put your trust in God. Because emotions are a natural part of being human. And they can be powerful motivators. However, as believers, we must strive not to let our emotions lead us in life. God's word should be the foundation for all of our actions instead of relying on what feels right. We need to make sure that what we do lines up with his will rather than just following what emotion comes up. But doing that requires self-control and discipline, which only comes from submitting ourselves fully to the Holy Spirit so he can guide every aspect of our lives. And that's why it's important to have our emotions restored. Because if we, have, if we want to have the kind of influence and impact that God intended, then we got to get out of our feelings. Because even though it's okay for us to have feelings, it's never okay for our feelings to have us. God bless you today. I, I pray this word has blessed you. I, I pray that it has stirred you to the point that you're like, I, I recognize I've been stuck. I've been stuck in a jail of my own construction. But Jesus already made the way out over 2,000 years ago. The Bible calls him the restorer of my soul. See, David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He says, I'll lack, I shall lack nothing. Why? Because he's the one who cares for me. He, he's the one who leads me. He's the one who protects me. And he restores my soul. He places my thoughts my desires, and my emotions back to the state that God created when they were submitted to the Holy Spirit. And when I'm operating in that condition, I cannot lack anything. See, that's where we ought to always want to be in that restored state, in the original state we were created. I told you, when everything happens, the first thing I have to do is say, okay, God, how should I feel about that? And trust me, the enemy is always moving. He's always trying to manipulate you. He's trying to get you to embrace these negative emotions, whether it's anger, fear, jealousy, rage, 
depression, anxiety, whatever it is, he's trying to get you to embrace these emotions. These emotions come as a part of this fallen world we live in. Watch this. Just the other day, I had somebody to say that they were going to do something here at my house. And had me prepare some stuff. And so I'm waiting for them to do something. And they told me they were going to come on Thursday. And it didn't come Thursday. So then they called and said, well, I'll be there Friday. I got all day Friday and be there Friday. I said, okay. Friday comes and goes. They don't come. So then Saturday comes. And so I'm sitting there and I'm going, okay. So I sent them a message. I called. They don't answer the phone. So now I'm getting upset. And in my mind, I'm already starting to rehearse what I'm going to say to them. I'm done, man. I'm not dealing with you no more. I'm, I'm done. You don't keep your word. I'm just, I'm upset. All the things I'm going to say, all the, all the negative emotion I'm having, and, and I'm in my feelings. I feel some type of way. And I'm like, God, how should I feel about it? God said, just, 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 just sit back, be patient. And within an hour, they show up and do what they said they were going to do. And they apologized because they were having some issues. They were totally justified. But I was ready to act out of my feelings. But see, the Bible says a fool gives full vent to his feelings. But a wise man holds them back. See, if I had not submitted my feelings to the Holy Spirit, I would have looked very foolish. See, we've got to learn to submit our thoughts, our feelings, our wants, all of it back into the Holy Spirit so that we will make the proper decisions, so that we'll do the right things. So that we'll bring honor to God and be a blessing to the body. God bless you today. If you're listening to all this today, you're like, man, I really needed this word. And I really struggle with this. And I don't even know where to begin because, you know, I'm not even saved. Well, first of all, that's the first place you begin is at the point of salvation. It's going to be very hard for you to submit your emotions to God when you have not even submitted your life. And the Bible says that that's not hard. He says, God loved you so much that he gave you his only begotten son. He gave up his son so that whoever desired to have the life he wanted them to have could have it. Salvation is free, but it comes with a cost. And the cost is your life. You have to trade the life that you're currently living, that very life that you're frustrated with, the very life you're tired of, for the brand new life that he wants you to have. That sounds like a good trade to me. And so if you desire that today, all you've got to do, you've got to be willing to make him your Lord. You've got to give him permission to make your every decision. You've got to submit your life to him. You've got to make him the boss. Allow him to be sit on the throne of your heart. So if you desire that today, pray this prayer. Precious God, come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus died for me. And I want to make him my personal Lord and Savior. 
I give him permission to make my every decision. Come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Be my father. Make me your child. Teach me how to live for you. If you've prayed that prayer, you're now part of the body of Christ, the family and believers. There's nothing anybody can do to stop you. The next step in your journey is to find a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church. One where you can be discipled. One where you've got a pastor that'll teach you how to walk this walk. That'll give you the word without compromise. Where you've got a family of believers who will help you to walk this out. And if you desire that today, you can be a part of my church. We broadcast every Sunday morning at 1215, every Thursday evening at 730. And if you desire to just go to our website at lovemychurch.org, click contact us, fill out a connection card, and let us know you want to be a part of our ministry. And one of our ministers will get back to you with next steps, give you information about our ministry, let you know all about all of our ministries. We have a wonderful women's ministry called Women of Worth. We have an awesome men's ministry called The Man Cave. Awesome marriage ministry called Marriage Seer Training. We also have a, a, a Zoom Bible study we do with the Bible study we do with all of our partners. And we've got some exciting new developments that are coming in just a few weeks. We are re revamping everything about our ministry and we're so excited. We just got some surprises that are coming. So stay tuned. Make sure you connect with us so you're up to date with all of the changes that are happening with us. And I'm telling you, I'm so excited. I just, I'm about to bust, but I can't let the cat out of the bag yet. But I'm telling you, it's some powerful things that are happening in my church. And I'm so excited about what God's about to do. But if you want to be a part of any of that, just let us know. We'll definitely let, keep you informed, let you know what's happening. Secondly, if you've been blessed by this message of this ministry and you just want to help us continue to do what God's called us to do, click the donate button. Sow a financial seed. You can use Cash App, dollar sign, My Church Lynchburg, PayPal.me forward slash My Church Lynchburg, or you can use the Giveify app. Just know however you desire to give, that your gifts are going to continue to help us to spread the gospel all around the world. Whatever you, you desire to give, your tithe, your offering, your seed, just know that we are using it to make sure that the world, people everywhere around the world has this gospel, has the word, and they have what they need to make their lives better. Because that's our desire. We want to see everybody have access to God's word to be able to grow and to have the tools they need to become better believers, to be able to serve the body of Christ, to, to see the kingdom of God, to see everybody reach their full potential in Christ. Thirdly, if you've been watching and, and you just want to know, you know somebody who needs this word, because I know everybody knows somebody who needs this word today, make sure you like, share, tag, let somebody else know where they can get this word. Whatever platform you're watching on, you make sure you let somebody know, hey, like, share, tag, make sure they get this word. Make sure that they do. And make sure you come back and watch with us again on next time. I'm Pastor Tuck. God bless you. I want to make sure that you come back and see us again on next time. I love you. Have a blessed week. And please stay tuned for our announcements. God bless you today. I'm Pastor Tuck from The Word at My Church. And see you again on next time.
Join Pastor Stephanie for Women of Worth every first and third Thursday at 7.30 p.m. on Facebook Live. Join Pastor Tuck in the Man Cave every second and fourth Thursday at 7.30 p.m. on Facebook Live. Before the pandemic, our relationship was already in trouble. It's like we argue about everything. I mean, he comes home and he sits in the driveway, in the car, instead of coming into the house with me and his son. See, she doesn't trust me. And she talks about me to her girlfriends. Like she speaks so loudly like she wants me to hear. What am I supposed to do with that? Why do you have to get out of the bed at 11.20 at night to return a text? You see? She doesn't even know how to talk to me. And he refuses to talk to me. Like the first couple weeks of quarantine, together in the house all day and all night, just confirmed it's me. I can't do this anymore. You know what? I'm done. I think I'm done. Maybe we need to get some help. I think we need to talk to somebody. Marriages are under attack. And if you or someone you know needs help, then join Pastors Lewis and Stephanie Tucker for My Church Marriage Seer Training. Every fifth Thursday at 7.30 p.m., Pastors Lewis and Stephanie Tucker have designed a course to help your marriage to not just survive, but to thrive. Get the tools necessary for a successful biblical marriage. You can enjoy this course live on Roku, Fire Stick, and Apple TV via the BoxCast channel or on Facebook and YouTube Live. Just search My Church Lynchburg. Why not make an investment into your marriage that will impact generations? My Church Lynchburg Marriage Seer Training every fifth Thursday at 7.30 p.m. You can now watch the My Church broadcast on your Roku and Amazon Fire TV and Apple TV. Simply download the Boxcast channel and look for the My Church icon. Or catch the word on the go with the word at My Church Podcast. Now available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music. Tune in iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Stitcher podcast platforms. Just search for My Church Lynchburg. Now there's no excuse to go without the word.
And for those of you with Alexa-enabled devices, simply enable the My Church Lynchburg skill in the Alexa app. Then say, Alexa, open My Church Lynchburg and sit back and enjoy the word.